Okay, so today we have Sinead Kelly with us and I'm gonna ask Sinead to introduce herself. So Sinead, will you tell us a little bit about where you're coming from and what we're gonna talk about today? Uh, thank you, Sheila, for having me. Um, I'm Sinead Kelly. I'm a registered nurse who um, realized after many years of nursing that giving patients all the information in the world was never enough to get people to change. So. Uh, following that, I did a coaching psychology course in UCC, and I feel that I now have the best tools to help people, especially those with medical conditions, to make health changes. Um, and it's really getting into the kind of psychology around it, rather than just focusing in on the information. Okay. So that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. And when you say the psychology behind it, tell me a little bit about what you mean by that so that our listeners kind of understand what that means when you're saying it. Yeah, I suppose for me, I use more of a cognitive behavioral approach um, to my coaching, uh, which means that I'm focusing on how people think, how people behave and how that might impact um, on your health and, and the stories that we have maybe around our, our thinking and our behaving. Yeah. Brilliant. So when you're when you're talking about the psychology, are you talking about we go to the doctor, we get the information or we go and see the nurse, we know what we should be doing, but we keep not doing it. Is, is that kind of what where yeah. where you come in in terms of yeah. the coaching? Okay. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's basically people who are struggling and, and feeling stuck. Um, they know exactly what it is they should be doing, but they're like, I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to how to change how I, I've always lived my life and to move into another way of thinking, another way of doing things. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense because a lot of the, like we all know what we should be doing and we could all berate ourselves for why we don't do it. But very, very rarely do we actually understand the why. We, we just know we should be and we wish we were, but we're not. Um, yeah. And and so what are the kind of, like you said, kind of medical um, conditions. So what are the kind of medical conditions that this kind of is most beneficial for? Yeah, I suppose any medical condition really can can apply um, to, to this. But I, I think for me, what I'm mostly seeing is people with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. Um, but as I say, it can be used in, in any health condition that could be improved by making a lifestyle change. So I mean, that can be autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, uh, people with celiac disease. It, it can be broadly used really among any chronic condition. So, yeah, it is useful. Brilliant. That's really interesting because when you were listing them off, I'm like, they're all the ones like just the, the ones that you actually named. They're all the ones that gets loads of advice, gets lots of attention. But actually the living, the lifestyle changes and the living it out isn't half as easy as the information is so it's like I can totally see how that would fit so tell me what it looks like so if if I if I have a condition and I'm coming to you because I know that I'm getting stuck with doing what yeah. I need to do what does that yeah. look like when we work together kind of give me an example of that yeah so, so my work at the moment is one-on-one -on -one with people so it is very bespoke it's very tailor-made to the the person that's coming to me and um, generally I will start off with just establishing some kind of routine um, and so that could be around you know their sleep patterns might be impacting their blood pressure or it could be they need to uh, adjust their diet 
uh, exercise, even dealing with stress management, because stress will affect all of those things, how we eat, how we behave around our sleep, um, you know, having the energy to, to do exercise. I think stress actually is a really big element of it, actually. Um, and so once we kind of have some kind of routine established, we're looking at like where the obstacles are coming in. So what's getting in their way? What's um, in their mind when they feel like they're failing? What is it that's happened there? And it's usually something um, that can be addressed quite easily once you stop and, and think about it. Um, and I feel for a lot of people, once they hit that first hurdle, they they just feel like they failed and they, they let, all, let it go, mm -hmm. that the, the plan is gone. So it's keeping it up even when um, failures are, are going to inevitably um, come our way because life is happening and unpredictable things are happening. Um, and so when those things come along, it's how do we how do we overcome them? Yeah. OK, so it sounds like you're really focused on what somebody can actually do that fits into into their lifestyle and what's practical for them instead of just like the list of things, which I know I've been faced with loads of times, a list of things I should do. And I'm like, there's not a hope I'm going to do those things. Um, but if there were more achievable ways to to do them, I'd be more than happy to. But sometimes actually those changes take a lot more out of us than we have to give. So I like that idea around the kind of stress even and understanding the impact that has on our ability to make choices that are good for us. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, wow. And and so at the moment, because of everything going on, are you working in person or are you working online with people? No, I, I suppose if you consider that most of my um, uh, clients would be in the uh, COVID high-risk group, uh, and I myself, I have blood pressure myself, so I'm actually in the, the high-risk COVID group as well, that it, I feel it's safer actually to do it over um, over Zoom or any kind of video chat, you know, WhatsApp, whatever people are used to and comfortable with using. Um, and I think there is benefits to it. I know, you know, a, a lot of people like to meet somebody face to face, but this is what we have at the moment. So I think this is uh, this is the norm now at the moment is is over video chat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really important to kind of take into account, because I know if you're in that kind of at risk category, you often still have to go into your doctors for the appointments or into waiting rooms or to see the nurse. And it's really good that you're not adding an additional risk unnecessary um, mm -hmm. when actually you could you can do the work via Zoom and and um, can gain the same benefits. So tell me a little bit about the ways in which our thinking can kind of either help or limit us in terms of our health and well-being. Yeah, I, I mean, there's lots of different ways. I mean, the, the one that kind of jumps out to me straight away is um, I hear a lot of the time um, people are very kind of maybe black and white or all or nothing thinking around, let's say, exercise. So, um, you know, let's say everything that, that they plan to do doesn't work out. So instead of um, saying, OK, let's find another way or let's let's see, is there something I can do? Uh, the tendency is to just do nothing. So if something's let's say you've booked to see your personal trainer, they're sick, they've cancelled you. And then a lot of people will say, well, that's it. I can't do anything. Um, it's out of my control. But maybe they could have gone for a 10 minute walk in their lunch break. Maybe they could have danced around the kitchen for 10 minutes with the kids. Maybe there's other ways. Um, and, and 
trying to think maybe less black and white around mm. um, about whatever it is that they want to change. You know, what can you work with in the circumstances that you're in? You know, what tools are, are to your hand? You know? that's that's actually really important especially during during this whole situation because it's very easy to say well I can't do anything like like I can't do the thing I want therefore I can't do anything um, and it's bringing up you know that that all or nothing thinking um, which is kind of a variation of of that black and white thinking around like oh I'm on a diet um, and I'm not promoting diets but oh I'm on a diet and then I eat a piece of the cake so now it's like now I might as well finish the cake you know, this, this idea that because I broke like a teaspoon of it, I might as well break it. But actually the teaspoon isn't what's harmful. It's, it's the full cake and the kind of repeating of that again and again, that becomes more harmful than the, the tasting yeah. of something. Yeah. And I think there's, with that, there's an element of perfectionism. There's, you know, it's either perfect a hundred percent all the time. And if I fail once, that's it, you know, like have I failed for the, for the next week, the month, a year you know how long is it going on for um rather than taking that um unplanned eating of a cake um and and you know saying okay what can I learn from it you know mm. can I forgive myself and there's a lot of that I think around health changes is being able to forgive yourself and move on from it you mm. know I think that that's really lovely to think about it this idea of forgiving ourselves because I think that that's one of the things that catches us and I know I know from talking to many friends and I know from reading some things like GPs expect us to lie to them because that's how frequently we lie <laughs> like how frequently we misrepresent how much we ate or how much we smoke or how frequently we did something and um, that it's actually inbuilt into their making sense of what we're saying you know like this notion of um how, how often do you drink and someone says oh I drink I drink once a week and I drink two pints. Well, they're thinking it's four pints at least, and it may be twice a week because because that's how often we misrepresent it um, to medical professionals. So what you're talking about seems to be more about having that relationship with ourselves that is kinder and more honest so that we, we can actually, it also sounds like it could be really beneficial for us going back to the medical professionals and, and being able to kind of own our experience more honestly so that we can get even better care there. So absolutely. Yes. So and, it seems, and, and yeah. Yeah. Honesty is like such the word there, you know, because it, it isn't just being honest to the healthcare professional. It is also being honest to yourself, you know. Um, people lie to themselves as well, you know. Yeah. Around and maybe they're not aware of how much it is they're drinking or what whatever the the thing is, but can they be honest with themselves as well as with other people? You know, that that is a, a huge part of it. Yeah. Mm, mm. And I suppose a piece of understanding how you're thinking around it would, would give you room then to actually acknowledge when you're distorting it. So, so like lying to ourselves is really common, especially like you, you hear it sometimes like oh, only and, and then you hear whatever the only is. But actually, if they were monitoring it, it, it would be more evident that 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 wasn't what happened. But whereas if we're working with our thinking, we're aware if of our tendency to exaggerate or undervalue or um, distort the reality of the situation because it feeds into our kind of narrative. So it actually mm. sounds like while you're working with somebody towards health benefits, it, it, it sounds even a bit more expanded than that, that actually people can get a greater sense of where they are and what power they have over their own health because their relationship with themselves and their health 
is improved and, and more honest. So it actually goes even beyond just the, the things you're aiming to achieve into actually then being able to assert better medical um, care and their health more, more evidently. Yeah, I, and you touched on there on, um, you know, t- taking the power, you know, that you are taking as much power, as much control as you can of the situation rather than kind of leaving it in the hands of other people uh, and, and medication and, um, you know, treatment. What is it that you can do for yourself? What, what can you take charge of, you know, rather than kind of feeling powerless um, in the situation, you know? Mm. And I think that's that I was reading a piece today around um, learned helplessness, which which I think when we when we interact with systems that have hierarchies like the medical Mm. system does. Right. It's very easy just to default to a powerless position because a you might not be happy with something that's happening in, in, in the process. Like you might have to wait for results or wait for referrals or whatever it is. But also, I think sometimes what we can do, um, and I include myself in this, we can then also push all of the responsibility over there. Like, oh, I have to wait for the blood results to change what I'm doing, even though I don't feel great in myself. Or I have to mm. wait for the referral to tell me or diagnose me before I mind myself. You mm. know, um, I think it can be very easy to kind of outsource all of that. So by kind of looking at the approach you're talking about taking, it's bringing that understanding to what we have control over so we can actually stay in the driving seat of our own health? Mm, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, we, we can't completely control our, our mm. health, but can we do something? Can, you know, what is it that we can take charge of? And that could be, you know, getting getting better sleep, you know, and that or, um, you know, managing um, exercise a little bit better. You know, what are the little things that you can do mm. that may have, a bigger impact on your health than you realize yeah mm, mm. and Shane I think that's a that's a good point um because I think often we can we can think oh we have control of our health when we do everything right but we we both know that disease has a way of um, being present for anybody and then you can equally say well I won't bother looking after myself because it could happen to anybody but there is a middle ground about what we can do to help ourselves um yeah to be in the best position possible for ourselves Okay. So what I'm wondering is for anybody listening, what are Mm. the three things if they're thinking about their health and they're thinking about making some kind of changes to how they're doing things? What are the three things that you'd either advise them to do or get them to think about so that they can kind of start considering their options over the next little while? Yeah, um, I, I think number one is establishing some kind of routine, whatever the changes that they want to make. So if it's around exercise, deciding on a realistic um, goal, you know, whether that's 30 minutes, three times a week, whatever it is that you decide, try to make a routine and stick to it. Um, And if things are going haywire, even if you have to cut down the length of exercise that day, um, or you have to change it to a different type of exercise, still try and keep with the routine. Mm. Uh, Because once you get past the, the trying stage, it will be like brushing your teeth. It will be just, you won't even think about it, you know? Um, the second thing would be to bring awareness to what it is you actually are doing. So without the awareness of how you eat um, and why you eat, uh, it's very hard to make changes without being fully aware of, of what you are doing. Uh, and the third thing is to uh, to accept that you will fail and, and learn from the failure 
and then not to blame yourself about it and just move on, you know, rather than letting that one failure ruin all of your good work. Mm. So those would be my, my three main tips that I, would, I have at the top of my head anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. I really like them. So Sinead, if someone's trying to get in contact with you, um, yeah. where, where should they go? Um, so my website is uh, sineadkelly.ie um and um my linkedin uh is Sinead kelly coaching um and facebook uh and on instagram it's Sinead kelly coach excellent thanks a million yeah. Sinead. i really thanks appreciate so that um and if i have any questions from the listeners i'll pop them back to you um, and brilliant. your details are in the show notes oh brilliant thanks so much Bye. sheila take care talking to you. bye-bye bye